1: This, 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 Fight disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 802. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA preview for the weekend coming up. Please, if this is the first time you've ever come to us, subscribe. You can do it via whatever platform you are currently listening to us. There's different ones available on our website, fightdisciples.com, Spotify, Google Play, Apple. We've got the lot. Uh, it's always there for you. Hit that button, subscribe, and keep coming back week after week, day after day. Uh, you can also watch us on YouTube as well. So, thank you very much if you're already part of the YouTube family. We are growing. It's good to see uh, people, obviously, on the uptake on YouTube. It's helping other people see our stuff as well. So, thank you very much if you go in there. Fight Disciples on YouTube if you prefer to watch uh, your podcast. What are you doing? What are you doing the
0: Cheddar Ching for? What are you doing? Subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. Advertisers you... pay us money, yeah. Chitter, chitter, ching. All
1: right. The boys
0: get paid. Come on, keep the boys in hoodies,
1: <laughs> keep the boys in the hoodies. Um, after uh, the circus of the weekend, my friend, we're back to some proper competition and we're back in front of huge crowds as well. Um, Brazil, they all Brazil's Brasilia. a vet. Mate, Brazil's a very, very different crowd to anywhere else in the world. Whereas the majority of places in the world will celebrate knockouts. These Mm. dudes celebrate a bit of ankle picking. That's it. They don't want to see you knock somebody out. They want to see you rolling around on the mat and having a bit of a jiu-jitsu contest. And as a look at the matchups that have obviously been scheduled uh, for this this weekend, it kind of bodes to play to the home crowd, but there's also some really interesting matchups as well for the ramifications of various... Uh, divisions, none more so uh, than the top uh, main event, which was originally uh, Curtis Blades. Mm-hmm. Curtis Blades yeah. uh, uh, got injured and ended up pulling out uh, the fight. And seeing as that Derek Lewis had only been in the octagon for thirty odd seconds after his flying knee, jeez, um, he put his hand up. He said, "Yeah, go on then. I'll uh, I'll get stuck in with Jelton uh, Almeida," which obviously has given us a really intriguing main event for for Brazil. It kind of was in jeopardy. Last week, weren't it when the uh, when the black beast was flying around in his what's he got Lamborghini? What's red he got red Lamborghini? <laughs> red Lamborghini. I laugh. I shouldn't laugh, but he's fucking doing over 100, 100 mile an hour, getting himself in all sorts of bother speeding.
0: Hundred and thirty six miles an hour in a fifty zone. A couple of days before he was due to fly to Brazil to uh, to be in the main event. Talk about that would have been an interesting conversation with Dana, wouldn't it? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. If unless you were speeding to the airport to make your flight. what the fuck are you doing? Doing 136 in a 50 zone. Anyway, he paid us he paid his bail. He's in Brazil. The main event goes on. He'll answer that. I think his court date's December 27th. It is what it is. But it also makes you laugh a little bit about the fans out there who go, Oh, UFC fighters don't get paid. Fucking Derek Lewis, never been a UFC champion driving around in a red Lamborghini. I would suggest he's doing all right. He's doing all right. (laughs)
1: Not not only that, have you seen the size of Derek? How does he get in it? Yeah. Mate, I've no idea. He's obviously got the suicide doors on it. He has to. (laughs) He's going to fall into that car. There's no way. How does he uh, get out? Yeah. He must have some custom-made fucking uh, ejector seat or something, man. (laughs) If anybody's yeah, yeah, ever yeah, if yeah, anybody's yeah, ever done one of them track days where you get to razor one of these fast cars yeah. around one of these cars, getting in and out of them cars, even for little fellas like me, man, they're pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty difficult task for a big old and dude like uh, Derek Lewis. Yeah, getting out of that
0: easy. You need a crane. Yeah, yeah. like getting tuna out of a can. To fucking anyway. Anyway. flick it out. <clears throat> there there anyway, I'm, a- yeah. I'm happy. With the fact it's that a good main event a Lamborghini. Yeah, me too, yeah. It's a good main event. Almeida needs, needs Mate, a big name. this is a good name. card. This yeah, is a great is. card. Really good. Almeida needs a big name. Obviously, he's the new guy kind of in the the top of this heavyweight division. He's done everything right so far. Uh, this is kind of his reward. It's like, okay, well, let's see if we can get a Brazilian crowd behind it as well. Let's see what you can do with it. But, you know, he's had a good win last time out against Rosenstruck. That was a bit of a statement. First round submission. That's mm. something that not a lot of these heavyweight guys are doing. The Curtis Blade fights made absolute sense. Grappler versus jiu-jitsu guy, I suppose. So yeah. Yeah, a little bit disappointed it's fallen off. But he's a different kind of bag of tricks to a lot A lot of these guys are in the heavyweight division. You know, Derek Lewis is very much a staple of the heavyweight division. One big, big punching knockout artist, leads one clean shot, and it's a walk-away KO. Whereas Almeida... He's obviously got a lot more submissions than he has, knockouts. He's a different type of beast. So very much a stylistic fight. Uh, but Can Can Derek Lewis get the space to land the punches that matter? Because every fight starts on its feet. And Almeida needs to use his hands to set up the takedowns. So I'm interested, man. I think it's a cracker.
1: Mate, if Almeida can do it against Rosenstruck, who's an elite kickboxer, this is no disrespect to Derek Lewis because he he has the power. There's no doubt he has the power. And he's obviously... Uh, got himself in a lot better shape than what we've seen in the previous two to three years. He's in fantastic shape right now. His performance yeah. last time out will give him an incredible amount of confidence because he came out the gate with a flying knee. Wallop, away we go. But he was taking on a guy that also wants to stand there and throw his hands around. Yeah, I think that Almeida's he's really impressed me. Really impressed me. I know he's a little... For, for the big boys, for the heavy heavyweights, he's undersized for me. Yeah. There's some big lads in this division. He's, he's a touch undersized. But He's obviously an incredibly strong dude because if you can rag over like
0: six three and two hundred and sixty pounds, but he's undersized. But I know yeah, what but saying. you know
1: what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> you look at him I, I, when you when you look at him and you compare. For example, if he stood next to Derek Lewis, you'd be going fucking hellfire, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I just think he's in, obviously an incredibly strong dude. The technique when it comes to his jiu-jitsu is outstanding, and that has been on uh, on show since he stepped into the UFC. He's never needed yeah. the judges. He's uh, got a boatload of first-round finishes. I know he's been into the second round on a couple of occasions against uh, Abdur-Akimav was one of them. But he's brilliant from 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 the grappling exchanges. And I think he's too cute and too clever for Derek. And he'll find a way, especially with the pop of the home crowd, he'll find a way. And I think he'll do it relatively quickly. Because let's not forget, before the flying knee finish, 33 seconds, which was only a few months ago, uh-huh. Derek was on a skid, man. Yeah. Then it was what? He lost his one last three. One yeah, one and five. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, it, it was a bad skin. He was in a bad place. And okay, he turned the tide last time out. We're got to give him the credit for that. It was, it was a good finish. But we're talking about a different level of guy here now. And I think Almeida... I, when, I, when I look at, think of the top boys, obviously we're in a fortunate position that uh, we're going to go out to New York to watch Tom against Pavlovich. That's as high level as it gets for me in the heavyweight division. If you zig when you're supposed to zag, you're gonna go. Either of those guys. That's how close that fight is for me. Almeida's just a touch below. I haven't seen enough with his hands. <clears throat> I haven't no. seen enough, especially in the UFC. I haven't seen enough with his hands for me to then go, he's in that bracket. I've seen enough with his grappling. Fucking hell, it's unreal. But have I seen enough with her with her hands? I don't know, but he's definitely. In that conversation, just underneath those two guys.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, you, you can't really put them put them on that trajectory Yeah. because Rosenstuck's the biggest name on his on his thing. And that's why I was saying about Derek Lewis, it's important to get a win over someone like a Derek Lewis, a Curtis Blades. These are the guys, these are the kind of the guys in in or gatekeeper to the top five. Um, so so yeah, he needs he needs a big performance. The, consistently, when you look down his record, he's consistently knocked people out in Brazil. I don't think the the being he's main not event done it in the still UFC still though. Yeah, has he? No, it no, no, yet. not just early in his career. He's yeah. consistently for big big fights in Brazil, and turned it on. So I don't envisage there being an issue. You know, if you were someone like uh, an opponent coming in, you would say the guy's just got all first, mostly first round finishes. Take him into deep water. Can we see round four? Can we see round five? What will he be like then? These are the things I've got to do. Derek Lewis ain't "Going out to do that." Derek Lewis saying, "Fucking." You could try and knock him out, out round four and five. Derek Lewis is like, "Mate, if I land clean, you'll go," and that's it. And I've got a couple of rounds to do it. And if if I exhaust myself, then you'll choke me out. But I'm quite prepared to go out there and throw hands. And the difference here is Derek Lewis, even though he had all those losses, if you remember, it was the running joke. Why is he fighting in Dallas again? Why is he still in his home state? <laughs> yeah, 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 Derek yeah. Lewis can't buy a win in Dallas. He goes there and for whatever reason, the MMA gods have said you will never win in your home state. In fact, <laughs> you're going to get wildly <laughs> knocked out, choked out, submitted, embarrassed. But away from Dallas, you make he goes it. well. He's sound. And he's flown to Brazil here. He's got no pressure on whatsoever. He's coming at late notice for Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, by the way, Derek Lewis knocked him out with an uppercut in the first round. So not that MMA math works in any way, but he'll be like, yeah, man, I'm coming to a place a guy I chinned. Maybe I should have had this fight in the first place anyway. It'll be on good money because it's a late notice call-up. I don't know, man. Derek Lewis is just a – he's the guy you want to fight until the bell goes. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, yeah, give me that guy. Yeah, all you can do is punch and negate that. I'll, I'll take him down. I'll tap him out. It'll be a great night. And then when the cage door closes and you look across at Derek Lewis and he's got Knockout Kings stabbed across his chest and he's literally fucking licking blood off the back of his hands like just let me land one shot. In that very moment, you go oh fucking hell!
1: <laughs> oh, right, shit. I've got to get past it. I've got to get past the hands. Right here we exactly. go. Exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. And then knees. If any you ever needed a yeah. reminder, that big Derek yeah, yeah. can be athletic and throw a knee. Look at his last performance. So, yeah, I, I think there's a, it, it's not an open and shut case. I've, obviously, I fancy I'll come through for everything you've just said. But right off Derek Lewis at late notice in Brazil, upsetting the apple cart, fucking pissing everybody off. This is bread. This is Derek Lewis's bread and butter. Mm.
1: I think it is an upset if he wins, though. But I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll Not go in the eyes say, of
0: Derek Lewis.
1: No, I'll give you that. All right, then. Just in my eyes, I class it as an upset because I I, I look at Almeida as the one just underneath the the top, top boys. Um, This come-in event, I'm fascinated by, absolutely fascinated by, Gabriel Bonfim. Both Bonfim boys are on this. Uh, I'm fascinated by the pair of them. They've got very different styles. One he seems to be a submission king. The other one seems to be a knockout king. This is the submission king that I'm referring to now in Gabriel uh, Bonfim. Two fights, two wins, two first round submissions uh, in the UFC. The fella's absolutely frightening. Undefeated through 15 contests. And he's Brazilian, fighting in Brazil. This is basically a welcome home, Gabriel Bonfim, what it is. But stood across from him is a good friend of this show. That's right. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Dolby is going to be stood across from him. And here's an interesting stat on Nicholas Dolby. He's never had a finish in the UFC. He's never been finished in the UFC. Every single fight has gone the distance. Wow. Now, he's got a wonder... I love his style. Uh, uh, listen, everybody's heard me speak in the past about that karate style, that wide leg, bouncy, bouncy. Very Wonderboy-esque. He's got that style. And this is going to be really interesting to see how this fight plays out because you've got in one uh, side of this draw the a fortified finish. finisher. You've got the finisher and you've got the guy that can negate some of these elite dudes. You look at some of the people that he's been in with, he's been in with elite grapplers. He's been in with those elite wrestlers. He's managed to keep fights on the feet as uh, Nicholas Dolby, And he's been able to negate his way through 15 minutes and points victory. It's going to be difficult to do that in this fight. That's why I'm so fascinated when people talk about styles, making fights, this is it. What yeah. style is going to come through.
0: This is a, a massive opportunity for Nick to be the, to to spoil the party. You know, Gabriel Bonfim, there's a reason why this card is stacked with Brazilians and and Brazilian talent like Almeida, like the Bonfim brothers, is because this is a Brazilian homecoming show. São Paulo is ready for a party. This is ver- their version of London 20, 2022. Tom mm. Aspinall, like main event, fucking all the Brits winning. That's kind of how this has been set up.
1: This but is Paris again, isn't it? This is Paris again, Paris. man. There you go. Exactly.
0: This is the Sao Paulo version of what's happening in Paris. They've set up all the best up and coming Brazilians, but they match them in typical UFC style. And I should say to give Gabriel Bonfim, who's 15-0 yeah. fifteen and <laughs> zero with fifteen finishes, just just fifteen and zero with fifteen finishes. And in there, there's you know a handful of knockouts. There's twelve, I think, submissions. In those submissions as well, it's like bar, rear naked choke, von flu choke, fucking mounted guillotines, like every type of submission you could think of, he's pulled it off inside the inside the cage. So he's a super talent. So what you do with someone like that? You give him someone that's a veteran of the welterweight division that is used to fighting in and being coming in as the underdog and upsetting the apple cart, That's got a strong ground game, that's got strong hands, that's got a great chin, that's got great sub-defence. As you say, Nick Dalby never been stopped, used to go in the distance. You want Gabriel Bonfim to answer questions at this stage in his career before he gets into the top 10, before he gets a ranked opportunity. Can he answer questions posed by people that aren't going to roll over for him, that aren't going to fall down when he hits them on the chin? And that's who Nicholas Darby is. Nicholas Darby is a workhorse. And this is a real big test. Nicholas Darby is, should be ranked above Gabriel Bonfim in the welterweight rankings. Can Bonfim beat a guy of this nature? You know, So far, we've only seen him twice, and he looked great twice. Yeah. But this is a step up. Nicholas Dolby's a step up. Can he answer the question? Massive. And how will he react? He's co-main events. He's in Brazil. This is the UFC. This is not fucking LFA. Or future fighting championships or the jungle fighting championships. This is the big show, baby. Can you handle being the co main event against the guy that isn't turning up in Brazil to, to, to roll over? This guy comes to win. Nick Dalby always comes to win. Can Bonfim step up? That's why I'm all engaged with it.
1: Yeah. The only fight on this card that I'm a little bit perplexed by, but then I realized that the heavyweights, of course, <clears throat> is the Nashimento against the. Uh, Uh, Myers fight, because it's a rematch. I've seen it once. I saw um, National take him out in 2020 with a fantastic rear naked choke. Mm. He bullied him. So to remake it, I'm like, I don't really understand the matchmaking as to why we're going again. Not necessarily so soon, because they've all had fights in between. And I know that uh, Myers has uh, has come through. Uh, I think he's on a three-fight win streak at the moment. He's in a a decent decent piece of nick. But to rematch this particular fight, I think from a fan point of view, you're looking at it going... We, you know, we'll just have a little bit of fun in the middle of this. I know we've got the heavyweights as the main event, but let's just chuck a few more heavyweights in there as well, just to just to give, because there's going to be a lot of grappling heavy contests, I think, here. Yeah. Uh, so to have the knockout boys in there as well, I think is the reason why that fight's there.
0: Yeah, maybe. I, I think you know it, it may be an opportunity. It may be an occasion, basically a point where you know there's no quality heavyweights available and this fight makes sense. As you say, Dontel Mays has been in a good place since the loss and has put some good wins together. He beat Andre I think, along the way. Yeah, he, I, I know one one. he's a veteran now, but Andre Olowski, former UFC champion. On the flip side of that, Nassi Amento, after beating Mays, got beat by Chris Daukas. Then he won a fight, but the fight got overturned to a no contest because he popped hot. And then mm. since popping hot, he's had two wins against Tana Bosa and Alec Latifi, both in the last 12 months. Split, And, split, both, the, and both were split decision wins. Yeah. Both were split yeah, yeah. decisions. So yeah. the questions started to be asked about him, about his background, about what he's been up to. And don't tell me, may have been pushing the UFC going, give me that one back. I don't believe he was he was whatever, give me that one back. And you'll see me going, okay. yeah, man, fucking sound. Let's do it.
1: Okay. Um, Charles on this. Here he is. Cowboy okay. Uh, against uh, Abus Magomedov. Now, this is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Because obviously, Cal Brazilian, he's going to be fucking loved by the the home fans. We love him. He's got a fantastic personality yeah. and he's got a fantastic fight style. I was talking about Nick Dolby's fight style, that wide karate stance. Cal's got the exact type type of style. I love watching it. Yeah. But we had that bit. We had, if you remember, was it April that he fought this year? And we were building into that fight going, right, mate, come on. You need to pull the trigger now. You've outpointed dudes, you've been beating people uh, by decision, it's all pretty, it's nice, but you've got to now make the wave, you've got to go and get the finish, you've got to go and rubber stamp some stuff. Well, you know what I mean? He fucking did that earlier on this year. So a fantastic uh, submission finish, gets himself off the mark when it comes to finishes in the UFC, and he's taking on Abish Magomedov. Because if you remember, Magomedov, so much hype coming out of KSW yeah, and various right. other places in Europe. Everybody was on Magomed. He's like, oh, this is the dude. Blah, 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 blah. Runs into Sean Strickland, falls short against Sean Strickland. So now there's questions over him because he's not used to being in this position where, you know, there's questions in and around him. This is a massive test for Magomedov, but it's also a massive opportunity for Boralo to go, yeah. that hype train, I'll show you. And I'll go through him and keep the the finish momentum yeah. Uh, rolling.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird... like obviously we know where we're at with Chalberalo. We're massively high on him. The kid has got so much talent. Fifteen fights in his career, only one defeat. Looks incredible. Talks incredible. He will have the Brazil fans eating out the palm of his hand. And this is being set up for him to go. E- this is the true future of this weight division. This is guy's going to be a superstar, and he is. But Magomedov's a weird one, as you say. This in twenty twenty, this everyone what what people are saying about Shalabaralo and his potential. People were saying that about Magomedov in twenty twenty when he when he signed with the UFC because he'd come in with a lot of noise behind him. But he signed with the UFC in, in at the end of twenty twenty, start of twenty twenty one. Then he basically sat on the touchline for a year. Yeah. Then they made a fight with Jalmir shout It It fell off. They made a fight with. Kiraziev, it fell off. They made a fight with Murdov, it fell off. There's basically most of 2022 gone. At the end of 2022, he fights Dustin Stolfus, knocks him out in the first round, front kick to the face, knocks him out. I think it was 19 seconds, 20 seconds. Everyone's like, Yeah, this is the guy. We told you this is the guy. Look at that. I come off the couch 18 months out. Look how good he is. But 2023, you're right, right? Okay, let's see this guy. They make the fight with Gerald shots again, it falls off again. They remake the fight with Mahmoud uh, Muradov, that falls off again. And you're like, what is going on? Most of these times, it's Magomedov pulling out. Now, listen, a guy shouldn't fight if he's not 100%. I get it. And he must have some fucking good sponsors to keep him going. He's only had one fight in three years. And then they go, right, July, right, Sean Strickland. Sound. What an opportunity for him. Fight night, main event, Sean Strickland. Bear in mind, after this fight, Strickland went and for Izzy. So this is where the UFC's mentalities are with Magomedov. You're right there, kid. There's an opportunity. A guy right at right nine, the yeah. top ten. We're going to put you straight in. We, we questioned we it, didn't we? in two years. Yeah, we, we did. We questioned
1: it at the time, like from a Sean point of view, what the fuck's in this view?
0: Why are you doing it? Exactly. But we know now that Sean Strickland was sold. You win this, you're fucking, you're basically right there. You're in, you're in the conversation. And then as it turned out... He got the opportunity, but it's hard to look at Muradov. Go back to 2020. He's had one fight, one win. Hmm. Then this year, so that's two fights in three years. He fights Sean Strickland, comes short, gets stopped in the second round. Strickland then goes and beats Adesanya. So that's hmm. that. That loss was not aged at all. No. And now they go right, go to Brazil and fight Beralo. Bur- it's crazy, interesting. Because Magomedov is the guy. But oh,
1: they tell they tell us he's the guy.
0: Chalboralo. Mate, honestly, this is a fucking <whistles> proper 50-50 for me. I'm mentioning yeah. Chalboralo because I'm kind of in love with him. A little brilliant strikers. Awesome. Two brilliant strikers, man. Mate, brilliant. Deadly. 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 The home advantage could be big here. And I don't mean that from a judging perspective. I mean that from a fan perspective. They might have to vocally That's pick Chalboralo. Literally up off the canvas to keep going. Anything could happen.
1: Uh Rodolfo Vieira against Armand Petrosian. What a crazy matchup this is. Um, Chris Curtis, in a way, showed the way against Rodolfo Vieira, didn't he? You know, we know what Vieira wants to do. He wants yeah. to get older, he wants to choke yeah. you choke you out or snap your arm off or, or do yeah. something along those lines. That's what he wants to do. Chris Curtis, I thought, actually negated uh the situation really well, kept the fight. Standing and eat not eat his way through. I thought he won it quite convincingly in the end because his striking is very very good. This though is in Brazil, as you've obviously pointed out on many many occasions. Uh, that's going to obviously raise the game of Rodolfo Vieira being a Brazilian native, and obviously Brazilian fans absolutely love the old BJJ. Uh, Petrosian, uh, decision king, loves it on the feet. Is he as talented as Chris Curtis? Can he keep it on the feet? Can he keep uh, Rodolfo Vieira off him? We're gonna find out, kids, because again, this is a stylistic matchup. This is grappler versus striker.
0: Yeah, and, and Petrosian should be because of his background in kickboxing, and he should be, you know, at that level of, of Chris Curtis, and he should be able to handle this fight. But it is a big fight, and you're talking about, as you say, a Jiu-Jitsu black belt, a beloved <laughs> BJJ superstar. amazing god. There'll be a statue outside. The yeah, There'll be a I'm statue outside the arena,
1: man, of him or something, won't there, man?
0: But Barallo. Outworked, outpunched, outfought Armin Petrosian. Yeah. Okay, but he's bounced back since he had that win over Chris Leroy Duncan, didn't he? Which was a little bit of a heartbreaker for us, but always felt like a, a big step forward. But listen, you, you you're going to Brazil to take on a guy known as Black Belt Thunder. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a script here that's been sent to you in the post. Will Armin Petrosian read the script or will he do his own thing? I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna to be tough to keep black belt thunder off when he's fucking coming at you the way he's gonna come at you. This is a knees, guy. Man. Throw their knees up the middle when he comes. Multiple time champion, Brazilian champion, world jiu-jitsu fucking champion, Like right? Rodolfo Vieira, as you say, there's a statue in his fucking hometown with a black belt hanging off it. He there won't be any. I'll set up with hands. It's just going to be fucking <laughs> shooting for takedowns. <laughs> Take miles down, away. Crowd yeah. going mad. And, and and Arman Petrosian, best of had the serious fucking Jiu Jitsu trainer partner for this one. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, earlier on, we uh, obviously previewed Gabriel Bonfin, who's in the core main event. Uh, Ismail Bonfin is uh, kicking off uh, the main card against Vince Pinchell. Now, I see what you're doing, UFC. I know what you're up to here, right? We're in Brazil, yeah? You're kicking off the main card. There's a Brazilian in the event, and you've got to match him, not favourably, but you've got to match him in a way where you're going to get a little bit of a pop. You want that Paris moment, don't you? I see what you're doing. Yes, here he is. Ismael Bonfim. Uh, in my opinion, in contrast uh, to Gabriel, who is the submission guy, This guy's the knockout guy. This guy Mm -hmm. loves his hands. He likes to throw his uh, hands around. We saw him against uh, Terence McKinney. Um, uh, Yeah, absolutely sensational. But we did see him uh, come up against uh, Benoit Benoit Saint-Denis. Now, we are obviously a high as a kite on Benoit Saint-Denis. He is the absolute business. Uh, and he showed just how well-rounded he is there. Benoit is fantastic on the feet, but he's also fantastic on the deck, and he ended up playing that way because once you get Ismail down, yeah. he's not necessarily as capable as his bro, uh, and he ended up getting subbed in uh, in July. Pinchel is a striker, in my opinion. Don't take this the wrong way, Mr. Pinchel. Uh, with no power. Good. Good stand-up. Very slick. Nice operator. Loves to trade. What does Ismail Bonfin want you to do? He wants you to stand and trade, mate. I think this is made for a moment where this goes wild.
0: Yeah, but if also if you look at Vince Pichel's losses, though, it, they've come against Gregor Gillespie, who who wrestled him and and, and choked him out in the second round, and he've come against uh, Mark Madsen, the Danish wrestler, Olympic fucking silver medalist wrestler. So. They're the guy he loses against. Everybody else he's fucking dealt with. Everybody else, okay, there are a lot of decisions on there. but he's very inactive, hasn't he? When was the last time he fought? Well, he hasn't fought since April of 2022. So it's a good 18 months that he's been out, that yeah. Mark Madsen fight took place then in, in April. So, you know, that's not good for him. It's not like he hasn't had fights as well. He had a couple of fights made up, one of which was in July. He was due to face Benoit saint the last guy <laughs> to beat... <laughs> Ismael Bonfim and Vince Pacell pulled out of that fight probably quite wise from Vince Pacell so I think it's an interesting fight as I say if it was the other brother I'd say Vince was in trouble but the fact that Bonfim likes his hands Pacell likes his hands mate this is this is going to be a, I think it's going to be a cracker but Bonfim was on a 13 I know his records like 19 and 4 or something but he was yeah. on a 13 and 0 run Those losses were early in his career. He was 13 0 coming into the UFC and into a UFC tenure. Then he ran into Benoit Saint Denis, who, as we know, is a fucking monster. Yeah. And Vince Pichel is also in good form, as I say. The only losses on his record against those heavy grapplers since he joined the UFC in 2014. He's just not active enough, Vince Mm Pichel. That's the only problem. It's a good fight. They're all good oh, Mate, you that see, whole
1: man? card, that whole card is brilliant. It's really, really good. He said a favourable time as well. I think the main card gets going at one in the morning. I know that might sound really late for people, but when you compare it to three in the morning in previous times, some decent little knocks there, which obviously then lends to the fight that in and around midnight and a little bit before, you'll be able to see a couple of British fighters that are making their way out to uh, to Brazil on the prelims. Um, Medescas, Bukowskis. yeah. Uh, is, uh, is on the card. I personally think that he's looked really, really good. Mature performances since he's come back to the UFC. He's obviously had two. He went down under against Tyson Pedro and boxed beautifully on that particular night. Look great. He's had two decision victories. Of course, we would love to now start to see him step that up and get a bit of a finish. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, he is taking on an undefeated knockout merchant from Brazil. There's not too much that we know Uh, about uh, the opponent in the UFC for Midescus Bukowskis. This is tough. We see it all the time, you know. Guy doing really, really well. It's a great piece of matchmaking. He's going to have to be switched on. Obviously, uh, the Brazilian's going to be delighted that he's on a Brazilian card. Very, very tough fight for him. And also a very, very tough fight for Mark Casey as well, kicking off the... uh, kicking off the card obviously marks lost these last two the curtain jerker yeah. against the Brazilian debutant again who's on a bit of a streak uh, in other franchises tough night for the Brits if they can come through him I think they're really really solid good wins
0: yeah Petrino, uh, as you say is unbeaten in in nine fights Bukowskis' opponents the Brazilian um this is basically you know again uh, we, we're saying they've stacked it one way for these Brazilian fighters to have these huge moments he's nine and oh seven finishes eight knock six knockouts one submission there's no blueprint to beat him he made his debut in the ufc at the start of this year he's had two wins in the ufc one of those was a points decision but last time out in july he had a third round uh, arm triangle choke so we know his jiu-jitsu is necessarily up there as well as his hands it's a tough one for for bukakas but as you say this is how the ufc works you know Mm -hmm. You, you come back into the UFC. They go, right, where well, you want to come back? Go to Brazil. Uh, go to fucking Australia and fight Tyson Pedro, <laughs> who's beloved in over there. And you go over there and you do a number on him. And you go, Good lad. Okay, sound. All right, come back then. And you can take on this kid making his UFC debut, this Zach Pega guy. You do a number on him. And you go, sound, mate, you're doing great. Now we want you to go to Brazil and take on a kid that's unbeaten in nine fights and he's already won twice in the UFC this year. It's stay third fight in the UFC. He looks like a monster. And you've got to answer that call as well. Now, what I would hazard a guess is if he can come through this fight, Bukowskis, then he'll probably get rewarded with, with a established name in London in March. But obviously, he's <laughs> got to come through this fight first. And it's a difficult fight. And likewise, Marcia Casey. March Casey goes down to Brazil to do the same thing. He's the opponent for a Brazilian. He's coming off a couple of losses in the UFC. His last one, he got subbed out in the second round by a Darce choke at the start of this year. I think he's just signed a new deal with the UFC as Mark Giacchese. But he's in there with a kid who's 8-1. and one. This kid out of Nova and Yao, which is which is the former gym of of uh, Jose Aldo, as we know. Kid with massive potential that we've talked about. Uh, that the UFC or MMA in Brazil certainly is talking about as being potentially something quite special. Six finishes in his wins. But he's coming to the UFC for the first time. And it's the curtain jerker. So Mark's got to take this opportunity to know the kid's going to be terrified. UFC debut in Sao Paulo, in Brazil. First time they've been in Sao Paulo since pre-pandemic times. The atmosphere is going to be mental. The place is going to be packed. This kid's going to walk out with the facade like I belong here. And Mark Giacchiazzi's got to go, mate, you don't know what you've let yourself in for. And he's got an old man, him. Mm-hmm. He's got an old man him in there. Kid's a striker. is... His records, even though Novin Yao's a very submission gym. There's a lot of good strikers. Obviously, Jose Aldo is probably his coach coming out of there. So the kid will want to strike. Mark's just got to do Mark Jacquesy things. Hopefully, it's not too grappling heavy. Hopefully yeah. it turns it on.
1: Yeah. Anything else on them prelims that uh, lights your candle, buddy?
0: Um, there was another one on here that I like the look of. Was it that Victorino guy? Uh yeah, this, this I can't even say his name. Fahrenheitinov, Faren, Rinat Faktorintov. Come on, dude, help me out here. You're good at these. No, are... no.
1: I'm just going to let you fucking wax lyrical. I think it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> the gladiator from Ross. Rock- <laughs> <just call> <laughs> you bold Rin- job. <laughs> Rinat the gladiator. He's, uh, he is, he's 21 and 1 in his career. He lost his second ever professional fight since then, he's on this incredible run, 19 straight wins. He came into the UFC last year. He's had three wins in the UFC. Last time out, he choked out Kevin Lee with a guillotine in the first round. In the first minutes, this guy is definitely worth looking out for. He's a former middleweight who boils down to welterweight. He's taken on zaliski de Santos, who, as we know, is an established Brazilian welterweight as well. That's been in there with some good opponents. Like Jing Liang, he's lost to lost, beat one of the go, Oh, beat Benoit Saint-Denis. But can I didn't know he beat him? Wow. Interesting. So yeah, that's that's for me. That's the little bit of a sleeper on the undercard, just because Rinat the warrior, the beast, is something a bit special. But Zalisky the Santos has beaten higher caliber guys. So there you go. Come
1: on, have another go at it.
0: Rinat Fakhar, Fakhar- Dinov. There you go. Fakhradinov. Listen, right, there's certain letters
1: in names like that that you don't necessarily have to pronounce. You know this. Makhachev, for example. You don't have to pronounce this stuff. So it's Rinat Fakhradinov.
0: Fakhradinov. There you go. Rinat Fakhradinov. <laughs> Rinat Fakhradinov. Just say it again one more time. Fakhradinov. 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 There you go, Fakhradinov. Fakhradinov.
1: And uh, as you said, Zaleski uh, the Santos—that's a feature prelim, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be uh, should be a solid knot. The whole card, mate, is solid. Like you say, you've got Brazilian debutants. Okay, they're taking on a few of our lads, British British fighters. I think the British lads are up against it in uh, in both of those fights that we've just previewed. Prelims look, yeah, prelims look really really so, uh, solid. And then when you get into that main card, it's just lit from start to finish. I think it's absolutely lit. I think you're in for a really good night checking out. Uh, this Brazil card. Um, and from now until the end of the year, as we keep telling you, the UFC is absolutely on fire. We've got Brazil, followed by a sensational card in New York, uh, which we will be on the ground for and getting you incredibly close to. So if you could subscribe to us, that would be absolutely wonderful because we're going to be churning out co- uh, content every single day, especially with being be in the 30th anniversary of the UFC, the 30th anniversary show, 30 years uh, of the franchise. Uh, so we're going to create some special shows. We're going to be in New York. Getting you closer to uh, UFC 295 as well next week, so make sure you subscribe to us uh, on YouTube. And also, if you just want to listen to us in your cars, FightDisciples.com is the website. Go and get stuck into it.
0: I'm, uh, I'm, also, if anyone's up in Manchester on Saturday night, I'm going to be up at Octagon MMA. At you go Manchester, in at the Manchester Arena. Yeah, yeah. There's a few. There's a few people on there that I'm familiar with. Obviously, uh, Jack Cartwright's on there. Scott Ascom's on there. Lee Chadwick's on there. Aaron Abbey. Who is the uh, incredible? He's got an incredible backstory. Adam, we had we had Aaron Abion on Fight Disciples in the early days, in fact. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be up there as well. Yeah, obviously Paul Smith, the comedian, is actually in a crossover in the who's fighting. I don't know some kind of reality TV star. That's on there as well. I'm not going for that, but Paul Smith has actually been on this show. He sat in your seat back in the day as well when uh, when you were away one time. So yeah, I'm going to go up to Manchester. If anyone's up there, come and say hello. Say hello to Uncle Nick. Buy me a beer. You know the drill. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch up.
1: There you go. Octagon 48, I think it is, isn't it, this weekend?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shemrock. Oh. Don't forget, I'm going to see Shemrock. I've never seen him fight live. I'm excited to see Liverpool's very own Shemrock. A lot of noise about this kid. I want to see up close and personal. Former, former Prisoner. Did a little bit of jail time, Shen, but he's turned the turned the corner now, thanks to MMA. MMA, and he's taken on uh, a, a Czech fighter who's a prison officer. Hey, eh? the 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 former locked up, taken on the screw. I like it. Look afterwards. at you! The you picture, love a narrative,
1: you. don't you? You love it.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway, hey,
0: screw. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
1: anyway. Uh, thanks for tuning in to us. We'll catch you next time.
0: Thank you for listening. If you like
1: what you heard,
0: subscribe via iTunes.